0: Yeah. Andrew,
1: how are you doing? Good things. Good, good. How's your week been? Excellent, excellent. I think um, we're on episode twenty-five now, so uh, you think we'd get this by now? But you know, talking over each uh, other right at the very beginning of the show, there—fantastic, uh, proper oh. amateur hour. <laughs>
0: this is true. Yeah, well, no, actually, it was even worse great. last week because we thought it was episode twenty-three last week.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, I guess uh, we just can't, um, we just can't believe that uh, we're, we're 25, 25 in, right, quarter of a century, so uh, I guess that's, uh, that's exciting, but so uh, yeah, had a good week, uh, busy week, um, you know, things, uh, things don't seem to to let up at the moment, Um. and kind of locally, there's, uh, there's been some kind of, uh, more re-energized programs and put in place um, here and across the kind of Middle East. So I mean, that's that's I think that's positive and kind of moving things in the right direction. How have you been? How's your week been?
0: Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, same, busy. Um, yeah. So I mean, actually, was thinking about you last night randomly. Steady. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, in a, in a kind of you know sitting in front of a TV kind of way. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of thinking and then sort of sympathising and then understanding. So I thought I'd put Netflix on last night and uh, decided to watch uh, David Letterman's My Next Guest Is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the episode I decided to watch was um, Dave Chappelle's episode. Oh, right. And he's walking through uh, Dave Ch- Chappelle's town in uh, Ohio uh, with a uh, mask on. Right. And so, and and which made me immediately understand why you don't wear a traditional mask like the rest of us, because uh, his beard is pretty much like yours, right? Yeah, he's, a little got, bit he's got graph, a solid it's, beard.
1: Yeah, it's a solid yeah, offering.
0: But it was ah, uh, it was incredible the way the, uh, yeah, the, the mask kind of just it just looked lost. It was kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, know. it's like a like a post it note walking around with a
1: post it note. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I I tend to prefer the the bandito look. Uh, with a kind of bandana wrapped around, uh, just to just to kind of give me that, uh, yeah, give me that that look that looks a bit more streamlined, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, for those of you that obviously don't know us and uh, and this is your first time either watching uh, or listening on our podcast, welcome to the the growth show. Uh, so as we mentioned, there we're week 25 now, weekly show um kind of topic different topic conversations where am and i kind of bounce around usually for just just an hour we uh, we stretched over that last week uh, by quite a bit but uh, we'll be back on track today uh we have uh just as a few more people drop in here have the ability to kind of answer questions in real time and uh and obviously you know jump on the chat if you've got any questions as well send an email to growthshow at digitalnexa.com if you have any questions for us and always reach out to us on on linkedin but um I guess actually our our tactic changed for today's show based on last week's feedback, right? Um, yeah. Because we're kind of this this originally was going to be part four of the uh, the twenty twenty one series. So we kicked off with kind of sales, marketing, tech, and people, and how that looks in twenty twenty one. And um, we got a few people kind of contacting us, say, "Well, hold on, <laughs> that's 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 four months away, um, three four months away." What can we do now, Amit? What yeah. can we do? What can we do now? Right?
0: Yeah, it was interesting because I mean, you know, it, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it just shows what's, you know, what that kind of changes right now. You know, I yeah. think uh, being able to look, I mean, with some businesses anyway, I think being able to look maybe three or four months ahead of uh, ahead of time is is perhaps a luxury that they kind of don't have right now. Yeah, um, exactly. And and I, yeah, I think it's combined with what's going on at the moment. So numbers are kind of increasing everywhere from a COVID standpoint. Um, yeah. you know, so there's you know, more restrictions out there for certain businesses. Um, but yeah, it was quite funny when we just started getting comments back saying that this is all great, except I kind of need, you know, I don't even know if my business is going to be around in January next year. So <laughs> let's, it, kind yeah. Of, yeah, let, let's kind of yeah, uh, let's kind of focus on now. And so we yeah. thought we'd kind of dedicate today's show. Um you know, to that, I guess, right? And, and quite a different kind of show because we've not really gone down that kind of tactical, what do you do now route? No, um, true. Yeah, so so I think it'll be quite, yeah, we, we're be look, quite I, good I, fun. We,
1: we, to be fair, we did actually make a conscious decision. I mean, I think when we first came up with this show, we wanted to be a bit different. Um, we didn't really want it kind of to be like a masterclass of do this, do that, um, you know, but but uh, but our audience has spoken, right? So, so we can't can't really afford to can't really afford to ignore to ignore you, um, and and as you said, I mean, I think today is is more about kind of key takeaways, best practices on on things that you can do now, and obviously some of these things um, you may have you may have already thought of, you may have tried, um, but I think hopefully you'll be able to kind of pull a few gems out of uh, of the show today as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's a couple of things here. So, um, like I said, we've only got maybe just under an hour. Um, So I think we need to maybe just look at kind of B2B and B2C together, Andrew. Uh, Obviously, we'll be kind of differentiating different tactics and different approaches as we go along. Um, But I think that, you know, that will allow us to kind of get into some of the areas and some of the kind of, I don't know, ways of doing things in a little bit more detail, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the thing is, depending again on the feedback, you know, we may take a deeper dive in the next coming weeks, either on a B2B space or, or B2C. Um, but yeah, I think that blended approach is is gonna kind of be be nice. Um uh, you know, and also I mean it's it's a vast landscape, right? Not only B2B, B2C, but then okay, different sectors, different industries, different products, service, et cetera. Um, so we could be we could be on here for the next 10 hours. Um so far better that we kind of look at a blended approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and they do overlap. There is there is overlap, you know, in 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 what you can do as well now. So um I think you know, I think uh, We've kind of had enough of the intros. to make sure we crack on.
0: Yeah, I think so. Let's go. So um where should we start then?
1: Yeah, I think um I think you know understanding who we need to kind of have a conversation with as far as target audience. I think um I think that's probably first and foremost, you know, where where you need to start. Uh, before we kind of have any understanding of who who we want to go after, we've got to know who that individual is, right? um so i'd say that that would be first and foremost kind of understanding your target audience um and we'll talk a bit about existing kind of customers in a bit um but really who who is that audience right okay. uh, where are they geographically located what do they look like what's their job title um you know kind of really take a dive at that
0: yeah and i think i think as co- actually you've already raised a couple of interesting points so um I think depending on your business, uh, again, whether it's B2B, B2C, whether it's retail or, or whatever it looks like. Um, you know, I, I think certainly from a B2B standpoint, geography now um, is perhaps less of an issue because yeah. we're not restrained to kind of, you know, meeting in person, things like that. So so perhaps, you know, if you're if you're kind of looking for business right now, is it a case of kind of widening your your typical kind of, you know, target areas as such? Um, I think that, you know, I think that definitely comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing I think which you said was interesting is, uh, like, who do these people look like? And again, from maybe from B 2 uh, B2B standpoint, uh, is your target audience the same, right? So um, I know in our industry, Andrew, I think we've had these conversations in the last couple of days where it almost feels like entire marketing departments um, have been kind of wiped out right yes and yeah and and different people are reaching out to us than would typically be the case So we would normally target maybe a marketing director or a cmo yeah definitely whereas uh whereas today the kinds of people that are reaching out to us are those who've maybe just let go of their marketing team and are now looking to uh, perhaps even outsource their entire marketing so so again i'd say kind of pay pay special attention to that right because if you don't um you know the people that you may need to pitch to speak to or or kind of communicate with might be just very different now than what they were six, seven months ago.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there may be an audience there, even from a B2C perspective, that just wasn't there before, right? So, you know, look at the kind of the the explosion of e-commerce, you know, away from not only retail, but other service-based demand industries. Uh, You know, a lot of people were not even considering these as an option uh, but now it it is kind of their first port of call so you may not have even been considering these uh, these audiences uh, in the past and now's the chance to to go after some new audiences packs and 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 take the opportunity to to perhaps fish in a different pond right as it were
0: yeah and i think there's a challenge with that as well because i think again i think for many established businesses you know we've got brand awareness people know who we are people know what we're capable of people know who we work with perhaps um, but suddenly, if you've got a new kind of in target audience, um, maybe you know the CEO of a company doesn't know who you are, right? Yeah. If you're dealing with, I don't know, you know, production, or if you're dealing with marketing, or whatever that department looked like before. Um, so you've almost got to kind of think about, not necessarily kind of reinventing yourself, but really kind of making it very clear what you do, what value you bring in, um, and trying to kind of get that message across in, in the maybe simplest way possible.
1: Yeah, like what makes you different, right? So you know why, what, what are you standing out? Why are you engaged in the conversation? Uh, as you said, if you're new to that individual, they may be familiar with other uh, organisations that they've worked with before. They know their offering, they know, you know, their positioning, they know the organisation. But kind of what makes you different, right? So how are you, how are you going to be able to service this uh, client or customer? Uh, how they perhaps weren't serviced in the past, right? So that, that again, you know understanding yes who your audience is but once you're able to identify that what's the messaging there what makes you different right yeah
0: yeah and 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 really kind of just focus on that value point as well right you know what is that value proposition what is it that you're going to bring in when times are tough for everybody you know what what difference is your business going to make uh you know in kind of net real terms
1: yeah yeah I i think that's i think to be honest with you that's definitely um you know one of the approaches i think it's going after Uh, how you're going to add value Uh, because people are looking not only at ROI. So I I think there was a difference between ROI and value. You know, I I think obviously some organizations are just pure ROI driven and saying, okay, well, I give you X, what do I get in return? Um, But from a value perspective as well, it may be, for example, looking at that, well, what is the benefit of, you know, outsourcing a marketing department or outsourcing a sales department or design versus having something like that in-house? And that's, I think, where... That value position kind of comes in as a bit a bit of a stronger play as well.
0: Yeah. No, cool. And um, yeah, and I guess I guess after that, it's okay. What What's your proposition? Yeah. Right. What is it that you're going to offer? Uh, you know, we've spoken about sort of value, but what is it actual? What is that actual product? What is it, what are those deliverables? Is it a service? Uh, you know, what does that kind of look like? I think it needs to be sort of communicated properly.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think in the in the B2C space, especially, I think, you know, when you say what is that service or what is that product, I think also you need to be looking at what is the offer, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're competing with a whole host of other, uh, other you know, uh, kind of competitive set. So you, you do really need to differentiate yourself with some type of offer, okay? And that may be value-based, it may, it may be discount-based, um, but but there does seem to be, you know, a huge driver at the moment, uh, especially in the B2C space of delivering that offer, you know, and, and, and the kind of go-to would be something like an e-commerce, you know, where, where people are kind of offering first-time purchase discount, retire, return discount, if it's a physical store or a cafe or a Uh, you know a bar or anything it's it's getting people through the door getting them to spend some money and then ultimately kind of getting them to 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 revisit as well and that may be through a loyalty program for example it may be giving them you know continued discounts to ensure that they come back and repeat business um so you do need to have to think about what is that offer what's that hook right
0: does it have to be discount based Andrew or or no, I don't, I don't think looking. it has
1: to be discount based, but I think it has to be either discount or value based, right? So I, I think in the B two C space, it's an incredibly cutthroat environment, um, and and I think obviously you know that you if we go back to the audience, you're going to get individuals that that basically you know are broken down differently. So let's say if we talk about a restaurant, for example, we know that hospitality and F and B has been hit particularly hard. There are going to be some individuals that are just discount hunters that you know are going to come in eat and run or have a drink and run um you know perhaps perhaps you just want to fill your place with that but i think you know the the better place to look at offering some value but continued value to those individuals Uh, what i've seen in a few outlets is you know next purchase there's a discount on next purchase and next purchase and next purchase to encourage um you know return visit right um and through that ultimately telling people about that offer as well so it's not necessarily having to discount or slash um but but you know perceived discounts or perceived value i think is is just as powerful
0: yeah no i think that's a really good point actually i think we I mean, um... see
1: we we see it in the b2b space a bit now right i mean look at zoom that you know we're talking now on zoom i think you know to increase their subscriber base, they had they had an offer right uh where you could sign up for a year and they were discounting correct
0: yeah, I think I think that's yeah, look, and I think it works because again for them it was more let's get cash flow in now. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think I think in those kind of cases it worked, but but if we go if we look at Zoom, it was it's the freemium model, right? Yeah. So we could all we yeah. can all talk to each other for 40 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever that whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we went from having, I guess, multiple kind of free accounts inside of a company to a few paid ones, yeah, to suddenly now pretty much everyone on a kind of paid account, right? Yeah, um, exactly. you know we're, we're paying them you know hundreds of dollars a month if not more right yeah um yeah. but again it all started from that freemium model so again perhaps it's one of those where you know you create some stickiness if you have that ability you you have a you know by by offering something for for free um you know but for a very kind of limited time period or with some restrictions that are clear um yeah, yeah i mean that's a, yeah so that's, that's another good point actually
1: yeah, definitely. Trial yeah. access, premium model. You know, a lot of those, uh, you know, when times are tough and, and people are looking to to save and they don't necessarily want them to kind of sign on the dotted line. Yeah. If you have the opportunity in your business to to offer something, um, you know, as, as that hook to get people in and to see your service or your product or whatever, that that's a good opportunity for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. No, I agree. Andrew, so look, we, you know, a few of the comments we had last week were very much about that. Again, I just need business today or I need some leads yeah. today. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some follow up conversations, which are interesting. But, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of what people are really kind of looking for. Right. And there's no I think the challenge here is that there's no kind of, you know, single rule book that everyone follows. Um, no. But, but I think what we both saw in our conversations is that there's there's definitely kind of elements that people are just missing or they're kind of overlooking or they're kind of bypassing yeah. or or even perhaps running before the walk in, I guess and um definitely and so should we should we kind of look at some of those elements because you know i mean one of the conversations i had was with um was with b2b i know one of the ones that you you said was a b2c but i guess you know whenever we have people that come to us and say look actually my my challenge is short term i really kind of need some business through the door and i need some revenue through i need some new signed contracts um you know i know we're both in a kind of habit of asking the same sort of question right that's i'm going to and I'm hoping that our telepathic communication works here and, and we get it right. But but what what normally is that question that you ask?
1: Um, I, you know, have you reached out to your existing customers? Right. Okay. right. So yeah. I'm hoping that's what That was I'm it. Thinking. No, no that was
0: exactly it. That was exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> but, that's the, but that's the point, right? And how often do... Because uh, yeah. I've had maybe four or five conversations in the last maybe 10 days where I've asked that question. Yeah. Um, and only one of those said, we're in the process of doing so. Uh, everyone yes. else was like, no, not really. And um, yeah. then, what, what, what do you find?
1: I find, it, I find it astonishing in healthcare, you know, there's not a week that goes past where a clinic or a dental clinic or an orthopedic center or whatever kind of asks that question. And I, you know, I'm like, well, have you reached out to, you know, have your, your patient database? Oh, you know, we've got about three and a half thousand patients over the course of the last five years cool okay when's the last time you actually reached out to them well what, what do you mean i was like well aside from sending them you know a beer after they've come to you when have you reached out to them or communicated with them about what you're on oh, no, and never you know and, and it kind of gets overlooked there's that there's you know there's a lot of focus on acquiring new customers all the time which is great yeah. um but but when you've got somebody you know, already in your restaurant, like let's feed them, right. You know, let, let's get some food to them, you know, and, and let's give them perhaps a, a a different offering. So yeah, see it a lot where you've got, um, you know, customers, existing customers or previous customers, right. Yeah. Um, that, that, that They're there, you know, this, this is the opportunity to reach out to them with relatively little cost as well. Right. You know, yes. I mean, we've got an opportunity to communicate with them relatively easy. Yeah.
0: No, and I think that's 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 a point. I think, especially when when it's kind of data that's yours, the typical cost of kind of engaging with that is is always much lower than when you're going out there trying to reach new people, right? Exactly. Um, you know, so it makes total sense. All right, so let's look at that then. So, how how do people kind of reach out to existing uh, existing contacts, existing you know existing databases that are perhaps just sitting there gathering dust?
1: yeah yeah look i mean first and foremost uh during the course of the last you know, few weeks we've spoken about the rise of email and email mm-hmm. communication uh you know and, and how more people are opening emails being engaged with emails people are spending more time in their inbox it's still the first thing that most of us do in the morning when we get up you know having a coffee um looking through your inbox and, and kind of communicating there so i think If you've got the, you know, any size of database, it doesn't matter, you've got 10, 20, 50, 50, 50,000, look at an opportunity to reach out to those individuals. Um, But more importantly, you know, if you have the opportunity, look at segmenting that data. So not just a kind of blast, be more intelligent in your approach, um, you know, and and look at what's going to resonate with those individuals. Yeah. Um, So I think taking a, a kind of look at the data you have and the email that you want to send out. Think about the creative, think about the messaging. Um, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago where it's kind of you know the use of emojis, the the how long your subject line should be, you know, just just take consideration of these things and then start segmenting that data. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, you can use constant contact. Um, I always call it web monkey, but it's not web monkey MailChimp. Um, so you know, uh, you've got you've got you've got a kind of um opportunity there to to for, for low cost as well okay yeah. so low cost and potentially your organization anyway depending on the size of it may have the ability to email straight away right um so just make sure that you've got your messaging correct and you're segmenting your data right
0: yeah i think that's a really important point um and and i think with, with email like what andrew said that resurgence is really worth kind of taking note of and, and testing yeah Right. so if you haven't if you have an engaged database look don't send out one email and just say, "Okay, cool, that didn't work." Yeah, thanks but, very much. You know, this um, even in terms of email strategy, there needs to be a clear kind of strategy there. There needs to be even potential workflows, and and just make sure you're tracking everything. Right? See what, yeah. see who. You know, I, I'd say always maybe you send out a series of maybe three, four, or five emails before you start to make any kind of decisions on that. Um, and again, you know, the cost is so negligible that it's just worth doing. Yeah, with e- exactly. with each of those emails, make sure they're different. Make sure the call to actions are different. Make sure the links contained in those emails are different, and then track it. Track everything, right? Um Yeah, yeah. and and you know, see yeah. who's opening these these emails consistently. See which one which links they're clicking on, and if you start to see a trend where, you know, maybe even five percent of your database are actually opening your emails and clicking and you know continuously doing so. Well, perhaps these are the guys that you just prioritise phone calls to or, or your next kind of uh, communication outreach to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned it there, right? Go old school. Give these guys yeah. a call. You know, reach out to them. You know, um, I mean, <laughs> funny enough, what I've seen is people are quite open to have a conversation on phone now. It feels old school, you know, calling people, because obviously most of our time is spent on Zoom or Teams now. Um, you know, the, the I mean, it's moved into the lexicon now, right? I mean, you used to say, oh, you Google things now. I mean, you Zoom people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll Zoom you, right? I mean, it is it, part of the vocabulary. So go old school, give them a call. I mean, what what yeah. we actually see as well um, is WhatsApp. You can use WhatsApp as, as far as the communication. You know, you, you have the ability for WhatsApp for business now. You can send out communication to those uh, you know your database from a, from a mobile perspective if you have not a whatsapp for business number if you have a normal number you can do broadcast lists and you can segment those lists out as well so you can get your message out um, you know across whatsapp as well
0: yeah and and look it's weird because in in some parts of the world whatsapp is still very much kind of you know this is personal this is yes. you know, not really kind of linked to business that's my you know personal phone in other parts of the world, it's the only way people do business, right? People are making yeah. literal, you know, purchasing decisions on the back of a few kind of WhatsApp exchanges. I think, I think the way the, the way I'd probably look at this is, if you haven't tried WhatsApp and you know you need to have more conversations, start thinking about it. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, you know, maybe try not to, you know, again, just I think just be kind of sensitive to who you're reaching out to. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't be spammy in any way. Uh, no. maybe maybe make sure there's a pre existing sort of relationship there. Um, you know, and, and and we've seen some ridiculous success over the last three or four months for WhatsApp, uh, for Definitely. certain clients of ours, right? Who, yeah, yeah. who now are just saying, look, actually all we want to focus on are WhatsApp campaigns. WhatsApp. Right. Exactly. And it, yeah. yeah, and it's not, you know, WhatsApp campaigns in the form of spamming people, but WhatsApp no. campaigns in the form of running traditional campaigns, but where the call to action is start talking to us on WhatsApp, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's my blowing yeah, right. how much I mean, money's been generated.
1: You're seeing that more often now in this part of the world where, you know, even on a website, you've got the ability to WhatsApp someone straight away. On social media or on Instagram, you'll see like, it's my WhatsApp number and link tree. You can click through straight to me. Uh, so there is definitely an encouragement to spark a conversation over WhatsApp. And there's a comfort level, especially in this part of the world, just to just to engage in, in a conversation. So as you said, if you haven't, uh, you know, started that yet, look at that. Um, I mean, I think this kind of brings us across the social as well, you know, as much as, um, you know, organic is, is, is ropey, um, at the best of times, you still have an audience on social that you can engage with. Um, and, 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 you know, platforms like LinkedIn from a 2 b perspective, uh, there's great organic reach on there. So, you know, look at your, your kind of Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your, your, your kind of space where you have existing fan base as it were uh and start posting on there you know start start kind of reaching out start trying to engage with that audience as well right
0: so like personal personal networks essentially right whatever your kind of exactly yeah
1: i I think i think you know both spaces so from a from a, a company or brand perspective start to engage with with your audience and then from an individual perspective start to you know, build out your network as well. And and you know that network may form different. I mean we see, you know, Twitter much more active in kind of US and and, and Europe than it than here, uh, but obviously large in Saudi Arabia. Um but but here it might be kind of jumping on LinkedIn uh and, and getting that messaging across uh there and, and almost you know from a social perspective engaging old school. I mean you know back in the day if you was a restaurant or a coffee shop or a retail brand you'd sit there and you know, you'd comment and you'd engage with other users. Um, some of that's kind of almost disappeared. So I think stepping back into that, you know, more personalised communication um, with your kind of fan base, um, you know, allows you to to kind of spark a conversation or remind them of who you are as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to go back to um, just the database again, Andrew, because I yeah. think we missed the, we missed the point potentially. And I think it's, um, it's just that general kind of, we, we, we did touch upon it, kind of picking up the phone and speaking to people. But I actually almost feel as if there needs to be much more of that, right? In a more kind of aggressive way as well. Mm. Uh, you know, because while you were talking, I was just thinking, I mean, I, I think there was a time when I literally probably maybe would answer one phone call in 10, right? Because I knew mm. that people were trying to sell to me. Even though that kind of still happens, I kind of answer every phone call now um you know so i I don't know whether it's kind of you know things are just changing because because of the reasons you said but i think to that point you know you know we spoke about kind of intelligent calling which is you know using data you know using insights if someone's opening your emails and things like that that's all fine but actually look if you've got a database of thousand two thousand three thousand or even more just think about you know getting getting phone calls happening right um you know i've had a co- i've had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks where people you know obviously said that bandwidth's potentially an issue for that but uh, again there's other solutions you know we, we've uh, we had james on the show a few weeks back uh, yeah, from pipeline from pipeline
1: yeah and
0: and one of the services they offer is again just re-engaging kind of old and existing databases right yeah. um you know where essentially you can just say right here's the database pass it on to someone else here's what we do here's what we're looking to offer and if anyone's kind of really inter- interested in having a chat Pass them back to us, and you know, there's there's a ton of different ways of doing this, right? But but I just wanted to kind of bring that up. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. are on that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I think the thing is, you know, there's I guess you know w- when we're having these open conversations, there's there's people at different levels, and obviously, you know, the it may be going okay, yeah, great, Andrew. Um, I you know, I want to give these guys a call, cool. but actually, within my organisation, I'm not really kind of allowed to, right? It's not it's not really my position. Um, But that's definitely where an organization like Pipeline can step in and say, well, okay, look, we'll represent you, represent your organization, and more importantly, we have the tools and the capability to track the conversations, right, and and give you valuable feedback, because that's the other component, right, just similar to email, um, you know, and other forms of communication, if you're calling uh, 50 people, 100 people a day, um, you need to have the ability to know what happened in those pools, yeah. right? And that's not necessarily recording, um, but it's at least understanding. Yeah, I spoke to this person. They're interested. They engaged with you. They were a customer of yours three years ago. They're happy to come back, right? Yeah. Um, or reach out to them with an offer. You know, you're a dental clinic, and you kind of give them a call and say, Hey, listen, we're offering a deep clean. You know, uh, you're a, you're a car detailing uh, company. You know, I'm 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 offering uh, you know a free headlight. You know, kind of polish that kind of thing so you know these are these are some of the areas where you can just kind of start to pick up the phone and call and and see what kind of reaction
0: you get yeah yeah i think i think that's that's a really good point um what else can we do with databases andrew so if you've got kind of you know a few thousand people and sitting in this database any anywhere else we can kind of use this
1: I'd, i'd i'd say just before we get into that i'd say that we are talking about you know databases that people have um, mm-hmm. There are some options if you don't have data, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the thing is that you know we we've we we've been talking a lot about okay I've got customer data I don't have data you know there is still an ability to to potentially purchase data as well right um, so there's a lot of um, you know qualified data banks out there that can provide you you know valuable data uh, targeted you know by company job title etc back to your target mm-hmm. audience at the very at the very beginning there. Um, so, so you do have an option, uh, option to do that as well, you know, um, from there. Um, but yeah, sorry, back to your question. So yeah, I think the, the other way, obviously that we can look at engaging with this data is potentially using, uh, the social networks and also search to yeah. generate lookalike audiences. Um, so for those of you that are unaware, you know, the whole Google network, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, snap, et cetera. Um, has this, this matching facility. So essentially, if you have a database and you've got mobile numbers, you've got emails, you can upload uh, this to these platforms, the ad platforms, Google, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, will match with who they have on their data set. And then they will effectively create lookalike audiences to allow you to target lookalike audiences in the hope that you know these people look, uh, operate, behave like Amit online, but I've got 100,000 of them. So I'm going to be able to target 100,000 AMETs, which is a pretty scary thought, right? Um, but I can, I can target 100,000 AMETs. So that's also another way that you can take this data um, and, and potentially leverage your own customer data to, to acquire new
0: customers. Yeah, and I guess just going back to that original uh, earlier point then, you can also, so if you wanted to maybe target, I don't know, 50,000 people, but you perhaps had budget to purchase 5,000 records, I yes. guess you could potentially integrate that into the uh, audience expansion strategy as well, right? 100%.
1: Yeah, that's a right. great point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This gives you a chance to amplify your target audience, right? Um, you know, with relatively little spend, especially across the social networks. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, definitely look at this kind of lookalike audiences that you can build out. And ultimately, you know, the goal is to, to, to increase conversion rate on the back of those because those individuals look like your existing customers right yeah. um, so obviously that's a good opportunity i mean and i guess that kind of brings us nicely then onto, you know these new prospects right um, as as far as going after new prospects so you know once you once you've kind of you know beaten your 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 customer your existing customer database as it were um, you know, and you've been to the point of submission where they're either, yep, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks very much, Andrew. I've, I've, uh, I'm happy and I want to engage in here or, or not for the moment or whatever. I can make a recommendation. I think one, one thing one thing that we should just quickly touch on, actually, before one thing that, that that just popped into my mind is also using your existing customer network to improve your new prospecting network. So looking at some element of a referral program. So yeah. it may be, okay, Mr. Customer, I know at the moment you're super happy with our service. Um, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of, you're to the hilt where it comes to our engagement, but is anyone else that you think can benefit from our, our service? Right. Um, you know, and that may be just by way of um, a kind of casual conversation or it may be a formalized agreement. Um, so it may be kind of, you know, you offering additional service or additional value to your customer when they start to bring in referral programs. So I think that's actually, you know, something that people should look at as well.
0: Yeah. And if you're signing up new contract, uh, new customers right now, think about putting a clause into your contract that says that as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. not only is it kind of like, you know, here's a, here's a program, but it's already embedded within the contract. It's already essentially set up and um Yeah. yeah. I, uh, no, I think, look, referrals is, is huge. Again, again, it's yeah. something that's kind of very overlooked, right?
1: Overlooked completely. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, you got other people selling your services. That's super powerful, right? If yeah. someone turns around and goes, hey, listen, you need to work with Amit over at Nexa, That's huge, right? Versus yeah. obviously us reaching out to those individuals straight away. So, sorry, back to kind of targeting new prospects then. I mean, um, where's where's the kind of first port of call, Amit, for that? Uh, it's a billboard,
0: right? on uh, On the highway, yeah? <laughs> it was it was in 2005 that's for sure when we set up um look i think we i think really when whenever we're talking about targeting new prospects we've got to look at um we've got to look at the low-hanging fruit first yeah um we've got to look at intent so again if we look at b2b b2c you know b2b or kind of you know high ticket sort of luxury b2c might have a longer lead time um yeah but there's a ton of businesses out there where someone's just searching for a service or a product right now, right? Yeah. And and typically when they're searching for a product or service, I, I think there's two places they go to now. One is uh, one is obviously Google, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and the other is uh, Facebook groups potentially, right? Social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these are these are the places now where people are, you know, they've and they've got an immediate requirement, an immediate need. Um, they don't want to necessarily take a risk. They're going to go to the search engines to see, you know, which companies are at near the top of Google or at the top of Google uh, in terms of a search results page, or they're going to go to social media where potentially, you know, they're going to get introduced to people maybe on the back of a referral as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean that, as you said, Google is definitely still point of call. You Google it. I want this, I want that um you know product or service and again some of it is an immediate requirement some may be from a research purpose but you still have a requirement right you don't randomly search uh obviously for products and services unless you have an intent to purchase at some point down the road and yeah from a from a social perspective um there is there is that recommendation one thing i would say from a b2b perspective is people do ask the same questions on linkedin so you get a lot of people that go on LinkedIn and reach out to their network and wider network and say, hey, I'm looking for X or you know, I'm looking for a consultancy firm that does Y or whatever. So I think yes, Facebook groups, there's a lot of, there is a lot of B2B and B2C in that way there's these closed groups or closed communities that say, hey, listen, where can I get my car fixed, for example, right? Um, you know, and then personal recommendations are laced in, um, but I think that also happens on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, okay. people do ask the question, um, you know, where can I, where can I, where's a web, good web company, for example, um, you know, more professional services. There's definitely that on there as well. So I'd, I'd say that, yeah, the split between the two. Um, and then look, when it comes to, I think B2C, there's, there's probably a case to argue for, um, you know, social as well. Um, Instagram. So people kind of looking on Instagram around travel, cafes, restaurants, et cetera. People do use the search functionality. They do use hashtags uh to discover new things. Um but I mean we can get into that in a bit. But I mean, from from a from a Google campaign then. So let's look at, you know, that that search, you know, what can I do then? So what 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 can I do to to kind of make sure I'm visible? Or I'm even there, right? So make sure I'm even there.
0: Yeah, look, visibility I think is key. You know, we I think we've spoken about zero moment of truth on this show. Yeah. Maybe one of the early yeah. shows, right? And, email, and with yeah. zero, yeah, with with a zero moment, the Truth study by Google, um, you know, basically all the data just suggested that people today will be, you know, maybe seventy or eighty percent of the way through their purchasing decision before they make themselves visible to a company, right, or a service provider. Yeah. And so, if they're going on Google or if they're looking on social media, I think the the you know the main part of all of this is that a company's got to be visible to even be in in sort of exactly. consideration um yeah. you know for whatever that requirement is um so so the key i think is visibility so you know from a search perspective possibly more so um and the reason being yeah. that you know if they can't find you in the search results then there's a really good chance that you're not going to be in that short list of three or five vendors or companies yeah. or, or or retailers that they possibly buy from um so how to get that visibility well Google ads is probably the quickest way. And again, yeah. it's very easy to get lost in Google ads. Um, so if you're working with someone that knows what they're doing, you can save money and actually generate pretty good ROI on the back of it. Um, and then from a kind of social perspective, I don't know, like I guess it's again, just being, being visible, right? I, I mean, I, I always feel as if, you know, and I'd love to study this at some point, but the kind of, you know, out of sight, out of mind um, aspects of social media, um, and I'll get, I'll give you an idea, you know, when we probably had a little bit more time on our hands, both of us were a lot more active on LinkedIn. Yeah. And we were getting a lot of referrals but we were getting referrals from people that we've never worked with. I mean, this was a crazy thing, right? So people who had just seen us, seen our content, seen, um, you know, just seen what we kind of talk about, understood our mindset a little bit. Um, we're then just referring us to other saying, look, you've got to work with Nexa because of, you know, A, B and C. Yep. And, and we've, You know, when we get these referrals in, we're obviously very thankful, but we go back and look in the CRM and say, look, who is this person? Like, have you ever worked to them? Never worked to that company, never worked to that person. But that, you know, I think there's definitely some correlation with that, you know, so in terms of if you're visible as a person, if you're visible as a company, um, I think you get more kind of opportunities from that aspect as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, um, you know, going back to search there, the amount of times where I sat with someone and said, Let's just do a search, you know, for your product, and and they're not there. And and we're like, well, that's not my competence. They're a small little shop. These guys are so small. I'm like, well, I don't know that. I'm sitting at home. I'm sitting on my MacBook typing. I've got no clue about your industry, right? I just know what I want. Um, so you know, you need to be visible. And obviously, you know, look, three hours a day pre-COVID, that was what pe- the time people were spending on social media, right? um so that's all about eyeballs and and guaranteed that kind of social time has increased um so you need to make sure that you're present and you're visible on there um so you know from a social perspective obviously it's looking at campaigns as well so if we're looking from search you know it it may be those google adwords as we mentioned youtube has something called youtube for action which is based on google search so basically you know showing videos based on what people have searched in there so that again is a lead gen uh kind of play we want to possibly be thinking about an always on campaign so again you're always visible and i think in in the social social sphere um it's just about amplifying some of that content right if you've got good quality content good message good offer you know use the social platform because people are are spending a vast amount of time on there right Um, and we one of the things that we do on social is is obviously that 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 kind of retargeting so you know if you've run some ads on google driven people to a landing page or your website when they go back out across social make sure that you kind of retarget to them across those social channels and we've seen tremendous success for lead generation programs on social media as well Um, look and and I, i think when we look at social media specifically there still is an opportunity to get some reach without spend okay so you know you've got um you know linkedin we just we've touched upon about organic reach um you know and 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 we know you know not only ourselves but we have a good friends colleagues etc they get tremendous reach on on linkedin right you know people that have changed their whole structure and their whole organizational engagement on linkedin because the reach is so so vast um without spending a dime similarly if you look at a platform like tiktok um you know there's there's insane ridiculous reach if you're not familiar with kind of ocean spray and face who did uh did a kind of collab with um, fleetwood mac i mean ocean spray the cranberry drink ended up uh, giving him a truck giving less supply of ocean spray he's now engaged with a whole host of other advertisers in the us all on the back of just producing content right got a long board did a fleetwood mac uh, video and, and kind of went, went crazy viral right mm-hmm. um tock still has that capability uh, and, and look, as, as TikTok starts to roll out their ad platform, we've seen it in the last week, we ran a campaign for a hotel um, here um, and and the hotel rang us and said, what's happened? Um, why? Well, the phone's ringing off the hook. Uh, you know, we're we getting bookings, not only for brunch, which was publicized, we're getting hotel bookings. You know, we moved the needle on their occupancy. So. I think it's it's one of those platforms that is continuing to grow at a rapid rate. And it's not just for kids. Yeah. Mm. TikTok isn't just for kids. The lion's share of people, especially in the Middle East, actually across the world, is is kind of that, you know, 18 to, to 35, right? That kind of yeah. sweet spot. Um, people with money. So yeah, I'd say from a from a social perspective, you know, those those stand out. And then obviously, you know, depending on what you're involved in, B2C, B2B, you've still got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter snap right all of these platforms have organic reach to some capacity but obviously they all have ad platforms that you're able to to target individuals your target audience on as well yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and you mentioned um you mentioned influencers earlier right with uh, yeah. with the oceans so so again how viable is that for businesses whether it's b2b b2c to engage with influencers again let's 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 look short term people have got a pain point now Yeah, they want leads, they want business now. Influencers is a good way to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, influencers, um, they're still, you know, from, let's look at B2C. So from a B2C perspective, that's probably the the most well-known. There's still an opportunity to collaborate with the right influencer. They can deliver your message to a new audience. Um, And there is mechanisms, obviously, to track the effectiveness of it. So I think more influencers are opening up to the opportunity now of kind of collaboration. As opposed to just flat feet, um, so I think you know have a discussion with influencers once you've you know identified a few that you think, and obviously that breaks down to the macro stuff which you may not be able to want to engage with, but then nano and micro as well. I think from a B two B perspective, it's still it's still early days. Um, there's one of the campaigns that was in the US pre COVID was with Caterpillar, so that kind of heavy machinery and Mike Rowe, a guy that used to have a show on Discovery Channel and DIY and Network um, where he was collaborating and and, and kind of using that, that mini celebrity status to, to kind of get that brand association as well. Um, so there still is a great opportunity. The other thing I'd look at though, is, is kind of content creators and collaborators. So not necessarily just an influencer, you're talking about individuals that really work hard to create beautiful content. Right. Um, so looking at working with them, not just to promote a product or service, but potentially create something for you as well, right? Um, to take it that one step further.
0: But that's hey, look. That that's really interesting because I think I think the challenge, and I guess there's people out there who are listening, going, "Look, great. I'd love to, you know, post on LinkedIn, and I'd lo- love to run social campaigns and all, all all sorts of things like that. But you need content for that, right? And yeah. so I guess you know, working with the right influencers will kind of help solve some of that some of that process, I guess, right? In terms yeah. of. Uh, in terms of creating content that you can then repurpose and use elsewhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, look, okay. I mean, I think the thing is that you, you, there are content creators out there, right, that will help collaborate with you. And I, I think the thing is, you know, you've brought up a good point about content. So as much as we may want to, you know, aspire to communicate with existing customers, go after new prospects, uh, that that's like part of the story, right? You can't go to market without, you know, uh, content, right? I, I, think, I think the thing is, though, that what's changing is, you know, th- there almost was this um, thought that content had to be kind of premium. It had to be super high quality, super professional. Um, and what we're finding is is content just has to be valuable and real, right? So, so it doesn't have to, you know, have high production value necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go back to the, 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 the kind of dog face one with Ocean Spray got filmed on his phone. Right. I, I think the thing is, the tools have changed. Right. You know, it's not it's not a 30 second clip on a Nokia phone anymore. Right. Which is super grainy and you don't know what's going on. You know, most of the phones that we have now can can shoot in 4K. Uh, there is apps that allow you to produce videos within literally 10 minutes there's apps we'll apply filters that allow you to create beautiful imagery on the back of some shoddy photographs right let's be honest so yeah so i think the thing is um you know you, you've got now the tools available to you uh to to create and and look, we are seeing as crazy as this may sound to our audience you know or or if you're listening there's there's a lot of you know enterprise uh enterprise uh, companies that that and now reaching out to to content collaborators that are looking at on demand uh, networks to produce content for them you know famously i i kind of um i, I had a meeting in london with with a huge uh, uk company and i was blown away that all of their content was created through a series of freelancer networks that was it so it's just a whole network of freelancers they didn't work with agencies they they basically had in-house strategy and then their whole influence was was through freelancers so, you know, I think, I think there's still good quality, high quality, or, you know, high quality content, again, that's, as much as is valuable, informative, all of these things, right? Yeah.
0: No, it makes sense. What, what about for B2B companies, though? I mean, so, again, you know, maybe TikTok and, and platforms like that aren't relevant. But perhaps, um, you know, let's kind of go back to that content piece related to this. You know what is it that b2b companies can be producing in terms of content to try and engage audiences to try and stay visible i guess these are the kind of main main objectives
1: yeah i think i think from b2b so first of all let me i'd still say that social media is still like TikTok talk and stuff is still valuable for b2b because it's about eyeballs right so you know it, it's still about eyeballs so people are still spending three plus hours on social media so as long as you've engaged with that that, that individual at some point somewhere else and you're retargeting them and, you, and you're kind of messaging them, I think you should still use it. I think that, that mm-hmm. type of content, I think first and foremost, what we look at is, you know, reusable content and repurposed content. So what do you have now that may be a brochure or a guide or a video, how can you repurpose that? How can you re-energize it, right? Um, you know, so it's not necessarily going out, budgets are tight at the moment and creating new, fresh content. It's reimagining content um and re-energizing it right so i think that's 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 you know one that, that can be done um yeah. and also just you know when it comes to things like linkedin and stuff i found you know that even just i bought a small tripod with a small light for less than 100 dirhams uh you know and, and and the videos that i've been creating and putting out on linkedin i've got far higher engagement than anything else i put out right um so again as long as you're offering value to the audience i don't think the consideration is anymore that you know, is this an insane premium offering? Um, Is it just real? Does it speak to me? Uh, Does it answer a question that I may have? And that's what's more important, I'd say.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I mean, um, yeah, it's funny, because again, we've had conversations in the last few months where people have said, look, I want something that's really kind of high production. I want people to kind of really see how, you know, really kind of want this product to stand out of a service to stand out and and you kind of look at it going well it just looks fake at that point right and and if it doesn't look genuine i think people are kind of really well trained now where they can see through things like that um so i think to your point about you know keeping things realistic keeping things uh relatable i think i think that has a lot of value and i think especially right now you know especially yeah you know in the kind of age we're in you know with with what's going on around us um, you know, I think people just want to be able to relate to other companies or, or of other people, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I, I, I think it's it's relatability, right? So, and that doesn't mean you diminish your product offering, you diminish your brand values or your brand messaging. It just means that uh, it just means that the the communication is different, and again, it goes back to value.
0: Yeah, and then look from from a content perspective, in terms of the other things that people should be looking at, um, the blog articles. Um, You know, the the value of having a really good blog um, is is immense, Uh, I think, as a kind of traffic driver, but also a qualifier of traffic. Um, So, you know, certainly think about that. Um, Andrew, you obviously mentioned kind of converting maybe brochures into downloadable guides. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Look, Things like this, webinars, podcasts. Exactly. Uh, or do or do what me and Andrew have done and cheated, which is basically turn our webinar and basically use your audio file um, and turn it into a podcast, right? But that podcast is getting like literally hundreds of people listening to it every week, right? And it's yeah, yeah. and um, and again, you know, there's there's again quite cost effective. This is the cost of essentially a a Zoom webinar license that allows us yeah. to do this. Um, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of kind of easier ways to create content now than there ever has been. So, so definitely yeah. kind of think about, think about that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I think, I think that it's just about being open. Yeah. So just open, open your kind of mind, open your eyes and think, well, okay. If I've got, for example, you know, this, this webinar, what can I do now? We've spoken about chopping this up to like a 10 minute highlight show. Um, you know, doing a show reel, all of these different behind the scenes, there's a whole host of other ideas that we've got. Um, it just so happens the first one we've done is, yeah, take the audio file, uh, put an intro and outro, and then get it up on, on kind of anchor and get it distributed, right? And as you said, we've we've now getting great encouragement off the back of that. But I guess, you know, all of this, and and just as we've got, just because we want to keep it tight today, as um, this kind of rolls into, well, we've done all of this, you know and, and, and i think this this is kind of half the story right i think getting the interest generating buzz getting people you know driving people to whatever a website is 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 okay we're now stepping into that sales process now we have a challenge obviously right because we can't go into individual sales process individual uh, you know activities so i guess you know i think i think what we should probably roll through now is like best practice right so you've got somebody you've you've engaged with them I mean, you know, perhaps we perhaps we cap this off with best
0: best
1: practice,
0: right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, come go on. on. So, it's, I mean, like, in terms of, again, this is some of the challenges that we see, where people saying, like I'm running campaigns. Yeah. I'm getting people sort of engaging with us. Um, but then it's not really going much further. Um, yeah. And it's funny, you know, we kind of say, okay, well, what have you done? Right? This person's exactly. shown some interest. What have you done? Well, I tried to, you know, phone them. Okay, cool. How many times? once did i pick up no what did you do after that oh, i sent them an email and okay was a response no okay well what next and they're like yeah. well that's it right they're not interested yeah. and i think i think part of that challenge is well no hold on let's use the technology that exists um you know firstly i mean i don't call anyone back i don't know if last time you called somebody but you know, don't call me back andrew sometimes so <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so i mean like again try if, if someone doesn't pick up try again uh if yes. someone doesn't reply to an email send another email if they don't if they yeah. ignore everything, send a whatsapp right um i mean from a social perspective check your inboxes all that yeah. kind of stuff i guess andrew yeah that's what yeah I guess it, means.
1: It, it, it's crazy I, I think you know are you reachable right are you contactable that's what's crazy you know the the the, ama- the thing that amazes I think us all the time is, is the fact that you're driving campaigns, you're driving people somewhere and, you know, there's just a form fill there's, there's, or there's just a phone number or, you know, I mean, it gives people the option to communicate with you on social media, drop an email in there, make sure you've got a business account, put in your WhatsApp number, you know, check your DMS. Like you said, you need to make sure that, you know, you're doing that now in all honesty, and this kind of brings us onto the next point of best practice, your response time you know, and and follow-ups, right? Kind of be that first to respond, that first to follow up. Most of this now can be automated, yeah? So from a WhatsApp for business perspective, from all of your inbox DMs, from your email, from your form fill, you know, as soon as someone fills in that information or communicates with you, you can set up triggers. So you can set a trigger saying, thanks very much for reaching out. I'll be with you in X, right? A day or, or two hours or an hour or whatever. And you can set up alerts on the back of that. So, from a response time perspective you can automate this process right so yeah. so you really need to there's no excuse i guess that's what i'm saying you know there there shouldn't be an excuse to at least try and communicate and reach out to those individuals right no
0: exactly i mean exactly and andrew the, the first to respond point i think is really important yeah um right because you know again being accessible you know the thing is if somebody fills out a form on your website or yeah. or you know touches base with you on linkedin they're not in the meeting right now right they're not yeah. on another call these guys are available they're in that moment they're in the zone Yeah. and and it's mind-boggling how many people are like well i'll give them a call tomorrow we don't like to phone them straight away but, <laughs> why yeah. Why would you not want to try and phone them straight away they're yeah, interested
1: yeah. they're exactly. interested
0: in whatever you've got to offer pick up yeah. a damn phone and, and call them do. straight away because if you don't there's a good chance that 100%. they're also contacting three, four others, right? 100%. 100%. And and typically, again, you know, there's there's a lot of data out there regarding this, but the company that picks up, picks up the phone first or kind of you know responds the quickest, they they stand a much better chance of winning the business than the company who responds last, right? I mean, that's yeah. just fact. We don't even have to look at data for that, you know. Right. So so again, just just make sure you've got those kind of processes in place where. Where, you know you're instantly receiving these notifications that people are interested or they want to engage and and if it's not your job with inside you know inside your organization make sure whoever's job it is is accountable for that right make sure they're being tracked on on how long they are taking to respond to a lead um you know, because the second they are being tracked to guarantee they're going to get much faster and better right
1: exactly yeah yeah that that that's the thing it it's it, it it you know it really is I think that's a hundred percent. Um, so look, I mean, we, we, we've obviously at that point when you've got that communication, um, you know, next I guess is, is your messaging, right. Um, you know, as far as kind of, you know, why you, right. We spoke about this at the kind of top of the hour, uh, but why you, you know, you may be reaching out to someone and they're communicating at that point. So what is that? Right. You know, is that how your proposal looks? Is it the availability of your product or service? Is it price? I mean, know this is this is kind of what you need to focus on next right
0: yeah so what would you advise andrew
1: yeah amazing that's great (laughs) i was gonna throw it to you but that's fine so look i think the thing is that you need to be looking at you know these key factors here so first and foremost you need to communicate effectively why you right so um, whatever that case may be, I think obviously from a B2B perspective, most of it is driven through proposals. If it is from uh, you know a B2C perspective, it may be customer experience, it may be recommendations, it may be referrals, or it might just be testimonials. Right. So I think these are the things that are crucial to people from a best practice perspective um, that that really kind of draw people in. Right. Um, I seen that you're working with someone else. I know this company that uh, that you're working with. You know these customers are happy this this and this and i think these are all big drivers
0: yeah look at let's okay totally agree i think let's look at let's look at maybe two of those um and then think about how people can use those in that process so let's say case studies and testimonials um you know two very kind of separate things and and two things that have a very different role uh during that sales process right yeah so if we look at case studies for example case studies shows essentially that you can do what you're saying you can do right? Yeah. Or you, you can do what you're saying, you can, you can, whatever you're proposing. Um, and then from a testimonial standpoint, that's someone saying, look, not only did they do what they said they were going to do, but they did it really well, but I'm happy to kind of, you know, say, well done, right, publicly. Yeah. And, and the way that you can use this, the way that you can kind of integrate this is in so many different ways. Um, so for example, even as simple as uh, nurturing emails, so when you're talking to someone, maybe they're at Uh, maybe you know at proposal stage you're sharing case studies but there's always a time lag between proposal and sign off and that time period is you know and that kind of period of time sorry is very important right and if you can kind of um, you know maybe two days after you know someone's opened and looked at your proposal send them another email saying hey how's it going uh just wanted to follow up and by the way here's a few sort of testimonials from companies that we've worked with recently that's going to make you stand out, right? But, you know, what you're trying to do is kind yeah. of enhance that trust and credibility that you've already built with that client. And you're going to try and do that in a very kind of um, timely way, right? Sometimes yeah. it's not worth showing people testimonials, top of funnel, right? Because they're not in that, they're not at that stage. They don't really care at that point. Yeah. You know, w- yeah. what they care at that point is, can these guys do what I need them to do? They okay. offer that Brilliant. service, yeah. right? but when they're choosing between you and someone else, that's where those testimonials can really kind of play a part. So, so think about when you use that type of content, you know, at which stage of your funnel, that you use it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, wholeheartedly agree. And and look, we can spend the whole show talking about tech, right? And, and what you can use to do that. Mm. I think the thing is, honestly, in this space, Google is your friend. So, you know, get on there, Google, look at trackable proposals, trackable content, all of these things, right? These all kind of help you, uh, you know, build out communication. You can, even silly things, you know, within Gmail, you can schedule emails, right? You can schedule emails that go out in the morning, top of, so they're top of that person's inbox, right? All of these things, genuinely, Google is your friend. So don't think that it's not out there. It is, right? You know, the fact that you get that email at 8.07 in the morning, most likely that individual sent it the night before, especially in my case. Um, so yeah, I guess. so. Just because I assume we've crossed the hour, I Amit, mean, um, I guess, you know, the the, the kind of wrap-up piece here really is 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 really retention, right? So it's yeah. not only about reaching out to existing customers, it's not only about acquiring new customers, but at the moment we've got to make sure that we retain everyone that's in a relationship with us, right? Um, you know, that that that's kind of a key focus. So kind of where are some of the areas that we can make sure that we're retaining those customers?
0: Yeah, look, I think um, you know there's there's different tools and, and 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 things that you can use, but really it just comes down to really good customer onboarding, really good customer service, being able to deliver on what you said you'd be able to deliver on, uh, exceeding the expectations. Um, but you know the thing about retention is, it, it, let's go. It goes back full circle, Andrew. So where we started the show was, let's look at existing clients, let's look yeah. at existing databases. Right? Yeah. And it is, it's literally a full circle where if you are getting, yeah. you know, if you are retaining a lot of clients, they're happy, they're satisfied. Um, these are the people where you start, right? Because they're the ones who are most likely to spend more money with you. And yeah. they're the ones who are more likely to open more doors for you, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, so that whole kind of process just goes full circle. And I think that's such a key point. Yeah. Um, understanding things like, you know, customer satisfaction and things like that, there's customer feedback tools. Uh, we're huge believers in uh, net promoter survey scoring, um, you yeah. know, so so every client we sign on gets a uh, NPS survey periodically. Uh, why? Because if we can sense some level of dissatisfaction, we can fix it before the end of a contract, way before the end of a contract. Maybe someone's been onboarded, not so great, um, you know, but we, it allows us to kind of investigate that. Um, but what it also allows us to do is those people who are very highly satisfied in scoring us a 10, allows us to, hey, scope them and say, right, do you mind, you know, giving us a testimonial, do you mind putting a review up and whatever it looks like. Right. Um, you know, so you, you know, again, it's done tactically where, you know, every score has a different meaning and a different consequence on the back of it and a different action on the back of it.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm hearing as well, more and more often now is accessibility to either company ownership or, you know, higher management. Right. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of at least visibility of those individuals or even controlled access, um, as in like, you know, hey, listen, I want to speak to X or speak to Y. I think that's that's a big part of retention as well, right? You know, there's, there's we're kind of definitely moving away from a faceless corporate world. Um, you know, there's I think the, the more that socially we are distanced, uh, people want to connect even more. Yeah. you know and and, and that definitely is a, is a huge part now i'd see that there's definitely accessibility
0: look do you know what it's, it's a good point because again we, we spoke at the beginning of the show about people cutting marketing departments and different departments and again what we're seeing actually is decision makers at the top of a top of a hierarchy you know speaking to people that they typically wouldn't speak to right and i think yeah. what's happening is is kind of tall hierarchies are now being sort of flattened um, yes. And yeah. and and that's such, and again that's it. Again, I think that's where that accessibility point comes into play a lot. Yeah. And perhaps it's more relevant yeah. now than it was again a year ago, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, cool. Look, I think um, we've crossed the hour. We tried not to, but uh, but we have. I think our wraps have been a neat bow. Look, it's always challenging. I think Amit with, you know, uh, trying to squeeze in an hour of what can I do now. Um, you know, I'd, I'd hope that there's some gems there that we've managed to lace and just some even spark some discussion, right, or spark some debate around what you're doing inside your organisation. Um, you know, this is this is the whole idea of the show, right? Um, you know, to to kind of bounce around those ideas. And and as we said, you know, we we definitely you know kind of answered the cry where people are saying, well, no, what can I do now? So I think even if you manage to kind of pull some of those thoughts and apply them to your organisation, uh, we'd hope that some of those would hit, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, look, throwing it out there, if, if any of you guys are really kind of genuinely struggling right now or or aren't, aren't sure where to start, just feel free to reach out to either Andrew or myself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, no obligation. I mean, just I'm more than happy to just have a chat and see if we can kind of point you in the right direction. Definitely. Um, you yeah. know, I think we'd be, yeah. um, we'd be more than happy to do that.
1: And that brings us nicely to kind of uh, communicating with us. So uh, you can find myself and Amit on LinkedIn, just give us a search and obviously you can email growthshow show at digitalnexa.com, throw it out there, go and have a look at our YouTube channel, give us a subscribe, have a subscribe to our podcast as well, guys. Um as always um really enjoy uh kind of doing this show for you guys honestly it's uh it, 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 I think both Hamid and I look forward to look forward to this every week so uh even if we've had a particularly taxing or, or troublesome week this is kind of a, a breath of fresh air so uh, thank you again for listening um, and I guess uh, I guess that brings us to the end Amit any any wise wisdom or a bit of pearls there to end on uh,
0: no not really I, th- I just you know I just think people uh, you know the, I think it's really kind of time to get quite tactical mm-hmm. you know so so yep. I don't know just, just again conversation I'm having is it's think about think about your end result and, st- and work backwards as opposed to you know, just thinking little, launch some campaigns and see what happens. I think now's not yeah. the time really to, to experiment too much. Um, I, the beauty of digital is that you can experiment, change things quickly, yeah. not lose, uh, not lose any money. I mean, it's it's just just you know treat it for what it is, and and I think if if people kind of you know get smarter with uh, tactics and marketing, um, then the results will be there.
1: Perfect. That's good, because I threw you there. I I definitely hadn't planned to ask you that question, so I quite like that answer. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks, Amit. Thanks. Take care, Andrew. Bye.